छात्र अमिस्त्रोबीन हजार I'm drawing a line in the fucking sand here. Do not read the Latin. Welcome to Don't Read the Latin. Hi, I'm Jennifer Lovely, and today I also have Rias Hall. Uh, we have uh, a theme that we both uh, kind of slapdashed <laughs> um, uh, prepared for today. I... <laughs> I'm pretty prepared for it because it's well, something I love. So, so that's how I I've felt about it I've got a lot of too. background knowledge on it. And I did make a list of some of the titles I like. And it is like a whole page long. So I think we've got this I th- covered. I think our slapdash is probably pretty good. Especially when I've got you here. Right. <laughs> she has me here. I do. No. You, no. <laughs> there is no help. <laughs> there is only recording. So what have you been watching outside? Well, uh, the theme for today is I I was kind of leaning towards um, uh, hidden gems of black and white horror. But, but, you know, I mean, honestly, they're all hidden gems because sadly, I don't know. I think the Universal Monsters, I think your Dracula, your Frankenstein, and your Wolfman, and Bride of Frankenstein. I think those are still fairly mainstream. People still watch them. They are mainstream, but are people actually watching them? I think so. I think well, I think people that we see or people that you see who are frequenting Scarecrow video, right, are. I just don't know. I mean, I'm on a bunch of, of horror movie communities, and I mean, outside of the, the like the really like hardcore fans, I don't mm. know that the real classics are getting talked about as much. Ooh, and there's one I, I almost forgot to write down. <laughs> Um, I don't know. I feel like they still are. I mean, they're certainly a huge part of popular culture. Yes. Yes. Um, um, and I am trying really hard to even just introduce my daughter to black and white cinema, period. Um, just because it seems like you talk to a lot of kids and like their parents didn't watch black and white, so they're not watching right. black and white movies. Yeah, I, I have that issue, too, with that so, work a lot. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm trying yeah. to find ways. I'm trying to find good, good, fun black and white movies that are good for kids too. Yeah, there's so and there's much out there. There's a lot of early color stuff that's kind of fun. Yeah, but yeah, actually, I've started showing her Chaplin, and she just thought it was hysterical. Oh yeah, I it, started. I started with Modern Times, which has a nice mix of yeah, silent yeah. in, but I definitely want to show her like the kid in Gold Rush and oh yeah, build and, um, up to City Lights because City Lights is kind of gutting. <laughs> Um, also kids love Laurel and Hardy. Laurel and Hardy are awesome and super fun. What's so funny is... I watched those. I watched W.C. Fields movies when I was growing up a lot. Oh, there's so much out there. I actually, and I actually bought a, um, a book that was, um, there, actually there was two of them. One was classic movies or movies to watch as a family to initiate conversations Mm -hmm. with children. And then also, um, just classic movies that were good, good for children, like that were very palatable, and it even gave, like, really easy age ranges on that. Um, but before we get into, you know, classic black and white horror, what have you seen lately that isn't necessarily in that vein? I haven't, well, at work we're doing a challenge where every day you're given a genre or type of film, and you have to watch a film from that. So we've had gothic films, we've had black and white films. Um, yesterday was my favorite day because it was Vincent Price, Christopher Lee, or Boris Karloff, or all three if you can find a movie in them. And I watched those all day. Oh, that was awesome. a thing we did at work. And then I just kind of continued it when I came home because they're so good. Yeah. I actually just watched Last Man on Earth for the very first time. Oh, you haven't seen that? Isn't no, it great? Oh, it was. It was really good. Yeah, and it's uh, based on Richard Matheson's story, and I think he may have written the script for it. I think I think you're right, right. on that. Yeah, Omega Man is a remake of it. Um, and I... The, was there a remake of Omega Man? Was it called Omega? 
Well, and then you had or something. Wasn't there there a, was a Will Smith there was one. There's a Will Smith one too. That's the there's one I'm thinking of. of. Yeah, there's a bunch. The Last Man on Earth movie was kind of pioneered by Vincent Price in um, Last Man on Earth. It's really good. Um, it's based you on a great really, story. You really got the sense of his loneliness and and personally. Yes. No. <laughs> uh, it was a handsome boy from Jim's mom's birthday yesterday. Ah. And so I just got my daughter back because I have shared custody. And so we sent her a bunch of pictures with happy belated birthdays. And so I got oh, nice. I got this the, a sweet thank you text. <laughs> Where were we at? Last Man on Earth, Vincent Price. Oh, I think Vincent oh, Price is such an underrated actor. He is. Um, and, and I was just watching um, Leave Her to Heaven. Oh. And he plays the main character's ex... Well, she's engaged to him at the beginning of the movie, but she soon becomes unengaged to him and engaged to someone else. And he, uh, Vincent Price, later on shows up as an attorney prosecuting the man that she ended up marrying. And he's so good in it. Yeah. You do not want to be cross-examined by Vincent Price. It is terrifying. Well, and what I love about him is... I remember having the discussion, um, oh my goodness, I can't remember the the early movie that Guillermo del Toro used as his inspiration for Crimson Peak, and I can't the remember. Innocence? No. The Haunting? It was, it, was a, it was a Vincent Price. Oh, oh, Dragon. Dragon, Dragon Wick. Dragon, Dragon Wick. Wick. The story um, of the camellias. Yes. And um, also, you know, an early introduction that I had to him was watching, seeing him in Laura. Oh, yeah, where uh, he's also not playing, where he's also playing kind of the same kind of character, rich, yeah. bo- rich Texas boyfriend. Yeah. He's and, great in Laura. And what I love is that change. It's it's fun watching that arc. Um, and I'm, I'm making a point of going through his all, his entire filmography because I've got the three sets that were put out by Shop, Shop Factory. Oh, or I don't have any of those and I love them so much. Well... I am looking to watch them all, so maybe I will pester you and make you come to my house. I'll and be watch happy them to come watch them with you. <laughs> um, he is one of those actors that I appreciate, like, like, like Jimmy Stewart, who who acted through such a huge stretch of his life, and how and how his characterization uh-huh. changed from you know um, youthful foppishness and and, and petty and. And then he became more, he had a lot more gravitas later on. Later on in life. Um, one of the things, if you want to really see that transformation, there's this amazing film noir called His Kind of Woman. Okay, so I am seriously on this noir kick lately. I have been, I mean, well, I am a classics and noir buff uh-huh. anyhow. Um, but I have just been, I'm a huge podcast person. And so I've been, um, I found a couple I was heartbroken because I found this really good podcast that only has like eight episodes and like three of them are while watching old, old films where they like, they'll talk about the, so it's kind of like a commentary, kind of like a commentary, but then they have like, there's like six, they have like six other ones where they, they do a lot of discussion. They did one on Howard Hughes. Uh, they did, but they did two parts on noir, um, and one on, um, that was really interesting on modern noir movies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, talking about things like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang and Brick. And, right. Um, and also just a lot of films that have been inspired by noir. Um, but, oh, I just... But I've been, okay. like, I've been adding things to my wish list Add lately. Add his kind of woman. Because mm-hmm. when it's, it's got Vincent Price in it. And at the beginning, he plays an actor who's also a big game hunter and a gourmet chef. <laughs> So it's basically he's playing Vincent Price. Except, yeah, I don't think Vincent Price was actually a big game hunter. So in no, the beginning but, but of the gourmet. film, he's like this normal guy, and then the crimes happen, and like by the end, he's in a boat dressed as Hamlet, delivering a soliloquy as the boat is sinking, and it's like you watch him go from conservative Vincent Price to horror <laughs> film Vincent Price over the course of the film. And it's That's wonderful. Fantastic. And it's super funny. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's supposed to be funny, but it's very yeah. light for noir. Yeah. No, um, you know, I mean, I have a lot of noir that I, I love, but gosh, what? And it's not going to come up. No, I don't want to make a new list. So yeah, Leave Her to Heaven and His Kind of Woman are both movies I strongly recommend for you to watch. Well, I'm 
definitely going to. <laughs> and God, um, the the ones that I have been really like, I realized I've never seen the Postman Always Rings twice. And oh, I've been wanting to see In a Lonely Place. Um, there's a couple versions like of the in Killers. A place. Um, in a Lonely Place is sad. It's a sad lonely place. Uh, the Lady of Shanghai I've also never seen. Um, is which that is, the, the Orson Welles Yeah, one, the Orson Welles. Where, where Rita Hayworth bleached her hair and the world yes. went crazy? Yes, they did. She Actually, she was a mental case. Yes. And then sadly lost, you know, the last of her life to Alzheimer's, which is terrible. Oh, and poor girl. Yeah. So in that historic, yeah, in that historic Hollywood um, podcast, they have an entire episode dedicated to Rita Hayworth. Um, and oh, the sadness of all her marriages and how she just kept searching for someone that would let she her be a wife and mother. She wanted to be a wife and mother. And, and everybody and, wanted her to be Gilda. Right. And yeah, she was sexually abused from yep. an early age yep. and just, oh, that poor woman. Yes. Um, so, uh, other things that I've seen, um, gosh, I thought I'd had a little bit more than this. Um, watch something that I was, I've been looking forward to for a really long time, but, uh, ended up, it just felt like it didn't know what it wanted to be. I watched the movie Slight. Um, oh yeah, I've heard about that. It's kind of genre bending where it, it's kind of a thriller and kind of a crime piece and kind of magic and kind of a lot of different things yeah but it doesn't ever come together well no no frustrating and and everybody's like the acting's really good in it but i just we kept pausing it and going i'm so disappointed because i want to like this so much more than i am and i'm just not and I'm so sad about that and it also was damned by the fact that it uh, came out literally within a month of Get Out coming out um, and right, I, I which... wish I wish it I don't even think it was even seen as competition no but I wish it could have like bridged and just been a little bit better so that they could have one could have boosted another yeah. and said oh look at these great you know black movies that are coming out that are really interesting and, and that good. and that yeah. a lot of people will see and then maybe they'll say hey these can make money and then we can see representation and then we can see more movies being made yeah um but it was um, just it was really <sighs> i had the day off yesterday and i was looking for something scary to watch so i watched <laughs> gerald's game <gasps> Oh, see, I love Mike Flanagan so much. I love it's him beautifully. so much. It is so well directed. But the but it's, content... The content is pretty hard. triggering. Yeah, that's that's the only thing that's held me and up And it's got one it. scene that is super, super gory. I'm okay. I'm okay-ish uh, with that. My problem with it is that it's got this ending... I guess the ending's the same in the book. Yeah. It has an ending that kind of ties everything up, and I don't think that everything needed to be tied up. In yeah. fact, I think she needed to be untied. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole point, the unfilmable movie. Um, um, they did a great job of filling it, yeah. filming it, um, because the book takes place entirely in her, her head. They brought her husband back as a hallucination mm-hmm. or a ghost yeah. that she talks to so she has someone to interact with. Yeah. And I think that was a brilliant decision. Um, yeah. Everybody in it is so good. Yeah. So, well, and I just, I love everything. I'm really sad because there's um, a movie that, through, to, through some kind of distribution hell, um, hasn't gotten, it's gotten released in Canada um, and in a couple of other places called Before I Wake. And it is not being held up by any means as one of Mike Flanagan's best. Um but I've loved everything else he's done. I've loved Hush and Absentia and Oculus. I like, the only one I've seen is Oculus. I really recommend, uh, well, I think Hush and, and Absentia. Absentia uh, definitely wears its budget on its sleeve. It, 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 it does, well, the other stuff that he's done has felt very lush. And, and it is very much like, you know, his first thing he's doing. But the story's amazing. It's just fucking amazing. Um, it, okay. It took me a little bit because you start it and you're like, oh, this is, okay, this feels a little cheap. And then all of a sudden the story hits you and you're like, and never fucking mind, this is amazing. 
Okay. Um, so I've just, uh, the moment I saw that, uh, then I heard about Oculus coming out, and it's just like any time I've heard him doing anything, I just run out and watch it. One of the days in the film challenge we're doing is Haunted Furniture, so we'll be watching <laughs> Oculus. <laughs> that is beautiful. There's not too many Haunted Furniture movies. There isn't. But there is an amazing Amityville sequel in which so- the Amityville people, you know, they abandon their house after that number of days. Well, the um, real estate agent has a yard sale, and someone buys a really ugly lamp. And this is not an attractive lamp. I've got to uh, commend them for their casting. They didn't use a tall, slender lamp like you would expect. Not a young, not a young, attractive <laughs> lamp. But instead... They used a lamp with character. A, ca- a lamp and with a lot of character. And then, um, of course, the lamp is evil, and sometimes it turns on and off at night, and then demons... And it's terrible, and it's like Amityville 5, I think it's oh, called. Oh, there are so many Amityville movies. And, uh... There are so many! Like, it is there's crazy! A, there's also an Amityville haunted clock movie that I haven't seen yet. Called Amityville, wow. it's about time or something. That that sounds judgy. <laughs> it's about time, Amityville. It's about time, Amityville. Get to it. <laughs> so, I did want to... I think... I think part of the discussion with talking about fantastic black and white uh, classic horror, I think really does start with the universal. And and I'm kind of comfortable throwing that in first thing. I don't first... know. Are you think? I don't know. I think that for me, my favorite, some of my favorite black and white horror films are silent. They predate the universal stuff. Well, I, I just kind of wanted to throw it out there because I don't like, I, I'm not, a huge fan of anything, so I just thought we'd just throw them out there and get them out of the way. I mean, that'll be okay. her- heresy to some people because some people put See, Universal I on this huge. I specifically chose not to write down any of the Universal horror films. Well, then let's not fucking talk about it at all. Let's go to the I figure that they're, what they, I will... they're they're taken. They're a standard. You they guys are a standard. Know, you guys know you should be watching Dracula, Frankenstein, and Bride of Frankenstein. So here's, and the Wolfman. Here's, get on that. Here's where I speak the heresy. I don't like Dracula. But it has a coffin with a little tiny bee in it. I don't like Dracula. <laughs> Though I do like Dracula's daughter. I saw that for the first time, uh, like, in the last year. Is that the lesbian one? It's, she's... Pretty lesbian. It's... Yeah. <laughs> it, no, 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 no. It's That's a different one. Because, <laughs> um, maybe it's Dracula's daughters? There's... I don't know. She comes off as a little omnisexual. <laughs> I don't know. There's a lady in it who hypnotizes other women and makes them do her bidding. And I think that's Dracula's daughter. It might be Bride of Dracula. But it's from the 1930s. It's 19... We might be talking about the same one. Okay. I just liked it because I found her, like, ama- just sexy and... and um, it's probably the same She's movie. amazingly charismatic, that one. That's the one. All right. Well, we both that is it. the most yeah, lesbian yeah. movie you were allowed to make in 1934. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I will completely give you that. We pl- I played it in the store <laughs> the other day, and I was looking into it, and it's like it's it's got a lot of subtext. It's so much subtext. Yeah. I, I love it. It's really. <laughs> I'm good. trying to remember when did when did the Hays Code really like seriously get slapped on things. I I honestly don't know off the top of my head. I don't know the year. I, it was, I know pre-code tends to be, like, it was in the 40s? Huh, okay. Because a lot of the pre most of the pre-code stuff that I've watched is from the 30s. Okay, so. alright, same here. So, let's talk about, because I have seen much less silent than you have. I've seen Metropolis, okay. which I love. Um, but you have a much broader depth of... All right. Of silent horror than um, oh, I like, there are some silent horror films that I really like. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to name a couple of them off. Uh, the Golem. I've always wanted to see that. When the guys, in, the, when they made Nosferatu, they were starting a film that was going to be called, a film company that was called Prana Films. Wasn't it part of like, there was like three films? Right. Okay. But they, but because when they made, um... Nosferatu, they were sued so strongly. Pants were sued right pants off. Pants were sued right off of them by the Dracula estate. Mm-hmm. And so by they his, didn't By have... his wife. Oh, yeah. Because she was still alive. The, the Stoker estate did not care for that. Well, you know... That's if, why his name if, is Count if, Orloff. If 
they had said inspired by the novel Dracula on the poster in Germany. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty much the same exact it story is the same as exact Dracula. Story. <laughs> they got sued really bad and they couldn't afford to make any films, but a couple and of And most people, of them were almost all the films were destroyed. Right. But there was a couple of partners in the company who went on to do a couple of other films okay. and the Golem is one of those films. And I really like it. It's got a really good weight of magic in it. I like that. And I love it's, that it uh, comes from Jewish folklore. Yeah. I've actually so, got a set that's um, German Expressionism. Oh, yeah. Is set, the golem so, on it? Yes. You should watch it. It's really good, and it's not and it's not super long, which is a lot of horror movies. Silent films are not super long. Yeah. But since you've watched Metropolis, I feel like I need to include <laughs> that warning, because Metropolis is an epic. Yeah, it truly is. Uh, let's see. There's a Todd Browning film called The Unknown. I love The Unknown. Where uh, he's a... Young, young Joan Crawford. Young Joan Crawford is the lead. Lon Chaney plays a knife thrower who has no hands and has to throw knives with his feet. Except he, he, he actually he does have, have hands. hands. He's just pretending he not to have hands. Because he actually has two thumbs and he's hiding from the law. Yes, because he's a strangler. <laughs> it's it's crazy and I it, it's, it it's, is. it's, and it's really beautiful, fun. like rendition of circus life yeah have you seen the unholy three i have not well that's where a circus midget (laughs) i'm a little person little person a a circus little person dresses up as a baby uh lionel barrymore who is a criminal mastermind dresses up like an old lady and then there's a lady that's in their gang and i've got to tell you their their scheme is to open a parrot shop and then when rich people come to buy the parrots, oh, oh, one of them's a ventriloquist. So so they buy this parrot that talks amazingly at the shop, but when they get it home to their rich people's house and the parrot doesn't talk, they call and the they shop say, sends you out a parrot repairman. And then the parrot repairman <laughs> infiltrates their house and robs them. Well, yeah. That is basically the plot. And That's it a is scheme. Amazing. <laughs> the unholy um, The guy that plays the 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 little person that becomes that pretends to be a baby is the guy that starred in Freaks. Oh yes. The same same little dude. Yeah. 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 He and his sister who played love interest, which was still a yeah. Little, yeah. little weird. Yeah, both of them that I I am, I'm digressing. Um, both of my cats were ferals and were obviously tossed out on their own way too young. So when they we have moments, they will find blankets. I know. And, I see. Just and seriously, chewing, like, seriously, the they get so much of that blanket in their mouth and they do like the big pawing kneading. Oh, you poor sad baby. Yeah. You poor sad baby cat. Hi. So there are some silent <laughs> movies that I really like. There's a few of them. See, I love Nosferatu despite its legal problems. Yeah. Um, but I don't feel like we really need to go too deeply into silent movies. Just mm-hmm. acknowledge them. If you want to talk about the Universal Monsters, you don't like Dracula. I don't like Dracula that much. Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein are fantastic. They are so good. Bride of Frankenstein... Is, is is almost a perfect incomparable. Movie. It is yeah. almost perfect. Um, the Wolfman is is touching. And, it is and, and a little heartbreaking. Um, it is, and I think it's supposed to be. No, and it I, is. That's completely. what I like about it. Is yeah, that it's almost it's sort of a tragedy. It makes me so sad how how dull I find the Mummy. Every time I watch the Mummy, I I just I I just he's so I, slow. It's Come so, on, it's, Mummy, you can do it. <laughs> and I get so I get tired. Like, it is the perfect sedative I have for always me. felt that way about watching The Mummy, but one time a friend of mine, I was over at her house and we were watching it, but we could not get the English language to work, so we had to watch it in Spanish with English subtitles. It's a long story. It's a long, weird story. And it was so good. Mm-hmm. It's like, if you can't listen to the, if you don't listen to it and you just watch Karloff's performance... It's amazing. See, okay. He's so good. Okay, I he will give you that. through that makeup. He, he is amazing. But that. there's not enough of him in the movie. True. He just shows up and lumbers around every once in a while. You know, it's funny when you change something to actual... If you if you create a silent and, and are, are reading the pantomime, uh-huh. like how different that can make a movie. Oh, yeah. Um, in that same vein... Um, 
I don't... Have you ever seen The Mist? Yes. Have you ever watched it as a black and white movie? No, but that's the challenge for today, is to watch watch that, and I have it pulled and set aside to watch later. I also have a copy of it if... if, Oh, I have it. Okay, never mind. I don't love The Mist. Please. I love that movie. I love the bluffness of the ending so much. I'm like, oh, I think that's how... I love the ending. But watching it in black and white does it a lot of favors, and it changes the movie. I mean, it just feels very different. It's the same thing with Fury Road, the black and white edition, yeah. is very different. I liked both of them. I do, too. Yeah. But um, that's and, not the uh, subject of our conversation. Yes. Uh, and uh, and the Invisible Man is, is just horrifying when you really think about... This guy has taken a drug that is driving him completely insane. And he is. Period. And his death count is amazing. It is. He when kills you start a lot of people. When you start... <laughs> but Una O'Connor as the barmaid... The woman that owns the hotel. I love Una O'Connor. Anything mm. she's in, I'm all over it. Which is kind of sad. I'm probably the only one. I am trying to remember. No, I'm, I'm thinking of someone else. I'm thinking of the um, the Roma woman from the Oh, Wolf that's Man. Marie Ospenkaya. Yes. She, yeah, yeah, she tragically burnt to death from smoking in bed. Oh. Yeah. But, um... Una O'Connor is, in Frankenstein, she's like the maid character. I know who you're talking the about. Irish, the the yes. Irish lady. Yep. I love her. She's great in everything. She's such a great character actress. Um, A movie that I'm just going to kind of... Skip around. I'm going to very much skip around. And uh, when you brought, brought up someone uh, making an appearance in another movie, I am going to bring up... Um, and I'm and I'm hoping that I'm not wrong on this bit of trivia. I'm going to bring up the Spiral Staircase. I still haven't seen it. Oh my god, I fucking love that movie. It's a little hard to I've find, but to, you I, but you work at I, Scarecrow. we have it at Scarecrow. It's just been checked out the last two times. I've tried to grab it. If it's you keep me running, crazy. if you keep running into that, I do also own it. And the reason why I bring that up is because Ilsa Lancaster. Oh, is, she's great. Is also in it. Um, you know, and uh, it, it is years after uh, Bride of Frankenstein has come out. Um. She had an incredible life, too. She did. She, she was did. teaching dance at an all-boys school when she was 15. Wow. Because she was... Um, Isadora Duncan yes. taught dance classes in Paris, and she chose, like, 10 girls that would come and study under her that were, like, the best. Wow. Elsa Lanchester was one of those girls. But she didn't like it that much because yeah. she did not like having to kiss Isadora Duncan's ass all the time. Oh, yeah. And so, and then she returned to England, I believe, and was teaching at a boys' school, teaching dance and movement classes. She had a, yeah, she's an amazing woman. I really want to read a good autobiography of her. Well, and that kind of, um... Her biography. Brings me a little round through, um... Oh, my God, why am I miss... I can't remember... Uh, the, the movie her husband directed. Night of the Hunter. Night of the Hunter. I and have that right here on my list. I had it on my pre... Oh, wait, no, I did. I did remember to add it to this list, which I think is just one of the most beautiful movies. It is one of the most beautifully lit movies. Yes. Um, there's some parts of it that kind of drag, I feel like, when they're floating down the river for like a million years with that song going. But, but it's so beautiful to look at. It is beautiful to look and at. it's so and... weird and... See what's, what's hard. For, yes, yes, it is like a, a fable or a fairy tale. Um, and what's really, really hard for me, and why it it will always be thrown in there when I'm talk when I when I talk about horror, because it horrifies me. Because his um, Mitchum's character is, I find him the preacher is terrifying. He is terrifying. He is terrifying, and um, I actually. Ugh, in my good share of the day, which I'm fairly certain I've shared before, but it's been a long time. Um, I had had watched the movie because it's I absolutely love it. And I love Shelley Winters. Um, and I just turned on the TV to catch the scene where uh, Gish is sitting in the rocking chair with the shotgun across and and they sing they sing the hymn to each other. You know, they totally stole that scene from the last episode of the new Doctor of Doctor Who. Oh, I did not know that because I there's I'm, a bunch I'm of so people sitting behind. on a porch and they're singing, and I was like, "Oh, this is Night of the Hunter." 
because he's sitting <laughs> out there and he's singing back to her. He is, but there's this threat. And there was a, mm-hmm. after we had, um, anybody who's listened to the podcast, I've talked a little bit about my raising that was raised in a really abusive home. And when we finally put the restraining order on my stepfather, um, he got angry and, uh, came back and oh, so basically, sorry. yeah, loaded up a gun, stood outside our house, shot it off and did it for the entire day. Just loaded up, shot off, loaded up, shot off where we ended up calling the police. But being in a really small town, they're like, well, you know, Jimmy talked to us and he's just, you know, he said he was going to be hunting in your area and we're too busy. Well, what do you think we should do? Well, you should lock your doors and stay inside, but you won't come and check on us. No, we're too busy to come check on you. So, so that's, yeah, I saw that scene and I had a panic attack because I, because you, I remember are triggered and you're going back back in the house, trapped in there where there's this right outside. Yeah playing a game to them that could be lethal to me. Right. And it was terrifying. And so it's like every time I watch that movie, it's with, um, friends. <laughs> oh yeah. But it's like, Lots I got I build, I build myself blanket. up. Yeah. 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 Uh, but again, it's beautiful. It and is a beautiful movie. Um, it is, it's almost genre defying. It is. It a is. It's it kind is. of a, it's, it's, a serial killer movie, it's a film noir, it's a horror movie. It's a fairy tale. It's a fairy tale. And a lot of the things in it that are so beautiful are um, a lot of the reasons why I recommend The Spiral Staircase, because there are multiple shots that are almost impressionist paintings. Or, I, I really desperately want yeah. to watch The Spiral Staircase. And it's just, yet. there's a couple of them where it's just fantastically beautiful. Um, so, highly, highly recommend it. Um... Do you want to talk about Val Luton? I do. That was the one. I was kind of saving up Val towards the end. And you are very much to blame for me being a fan of Val Luton because you recommended um, the very first Val Luton I ever saw was I Walked with a Zombie. I just taught that film in my gothic film class. And it was, I, just... I wish you weren't doing them on Thursday nights because I just can't. I can't. It's okay. <laughs> Because there's a little eight-year-old <laughs> on the other no, side of that okay. wall. <laughs> oh, that isn't it every Thursday? Did I steal? No, you it's every. I... Nope, it's every third Thursday. Well, there we go. It's once a month. Oh, okay, I'm only doing three in this session, so okay. it's yeah, it's not right. going to be a big deal. <laughs> I was like, but wait, it is Thursday. <laughs> I'm doing three, and then I'm taking a break, and then I'm coming back, and I'll do some other kind of horror film mm-hmm. class because. I'm running out of things to say about gothic films by now. No, that can't be true. <laughs> can't be true. Um, I, the thing that makes me sad about I Walked with a Zombie is, well, it is, it is problematic. It, it is a little problem. Well, no, it's just It's prob- not nearly as problematic as films of its era usually are. So, so we'll like... give it that. And the other thing is, too, is I fucking loved it. It's um, one of the few films where voodoo is depicted as a, as a, legitimate religion and not some yeah. weird cult thing. Yes. And I really But no one really else I've ever shown that. to it loves it as much as I have. And so it's it's one of those that um it makes me really sad because it's like you loved it, recommended it to me, I watched it and thought it was just fucking amazing and led me to all the rest of the Valley uh-huh. movies. Uh and while Everybody else that I everybody else is shown, like, like Cat People is the most amazing, amazing movie, thing. and I'm like, I'm like no, it's, it's good. Yeah, <laughs> it is good. It does a lot with so little. It's just it does. shadows and, also and just lights approaching that and ideas. A woman's sexuality is is dangerous. Fucking and... is dangerous, and it, well, it just even talking about it, and yeah. and having that fear um, is is amazing. And then that's the scene in the swimming pool. Is just like, so tense, so, so yeah, tense and like, creepy. I'm like, why are you in a darkened swimming pool anyway? <laughs> why would you do that? Why, why would you anyone go choices? in there? Um, which then leads to Curse of the Cat People, which is only a sequel in the very Loosest vaguest sense of the word. And they sense. both have the words "cat" and "people" in the title. But I love it. I love it. It's another it's one got of those that movies. beautiful picture. It's got that beautiful scene of the little girl and of the girl in the snow when she's yeah. wearing that beautiful cloak. And, and it's almost a fairy tale again. I guess that's yeah, one of the yeah. things I love is is so many of these uh, lean towards dark, frightening fairy tale. Yeah. 
Um, and then if I don't remember, I think I remember properly that even in uh, Curse of the Catwoman, they have that very um, cat-faced woman mm-hmm. uh, is in it also, who is the one woman who's from right. the same country right? Uh, yeah, in the very first movie. Um, and I just, I love her, I love her face. There's a, one of the best, like, horror suspense just scenes mm-hmm. in a, in a, in a black and white movie, I think is in the movie The Leopard Man, also by Val Luton. Yes. When there's a little girl and there's an escaped leopard that has been killing people and this little girl, her mom is like, go to the store, I need to get you to get some yep. milk. And then, and the and then the, isn't there the walk scared. to the bus? Is the walk to the bus in that movie, or is it? In That's in like, Cat People. Okay, Cat People. But, but she but has where, to go to the store, and, and her mom is sitting in the room, and she's knocking on the door to get back in. She's pounding on the door, screaming, and her mom's like, "Yeah, I'll be there in a minute." Yeah, and she oh, gets killed. Yeah, and it is just so stressful to watch yes. that scene. Yeah, which is why it's a great scene. It's exactly. just a great suspense scene. Yeah. Um. I, a very, very, very favorite of mine, uh, and it's it's not so much for the story, but just for the general sense of dread and darkness in the entire film, is The Seventh Victim. I love The Seventh Victim. I have not watched it, even though it shows up in every book I was reading about film <laughs> I should watch. I just really I enjoy it I think I brought because... it home once and just never got into it. Yeah, but I, I've heard a lot of good things about I it. I really enjoy it. It's it's very much almost just an art piece on a woman's depression. Right. Her sister is dead and she goes to investigate and finds out that her sister is involved in a satanic cult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I really liked it. Um, and it, it, it was interesting and a portrait of a woman that you don't typically see yeah, in movies, especially, especially in, in movies that time from the frame. 30s or 40s. Yeah, yeah. so... Um, and, and I just recently rewatched Bedlam. Um, oh yeah, that's, uh, Karloff. Karloff, and, um, I have not watched Bedlam. I I only had, you know, I, I, I don't remember Body Snatcher or Isle of the Dead, um, as much as any of the other ones. I remember watching them and liking them well enough, but not enough so that they've really stuck with me. So. No? (laughs) Come on, come on, come on. I'm very fond of this. <laughs> Handsome boyfriend Jim just brought in some um, habanero cider, and uh, he gave, gave Rias the tiniest I'm of taste, little glasses. I'm taste testing it a sip at a time, and it's not bad. It's, it's not not bad. pretty good. It's not. It's not a too spicy. <laughs> um, we talked earlier about freaks, which you know it it, it gets tossed in. Uh, with horror, I, I think don't just think it's a horror film. I like, read the original story yes. based on, it, and that's pretty messed up. It, I think it is. But, it, it it is frightening in that sense of when all of the freaks are going after her. Um, yeah, and it, oh, I think it really only gets tossed in with horror simply because of Todd Browning, and it, it's just it's like horror by association versus horror by story. I agree. It's more of a mis- murder mystery mm-hmm. than a horror film. But the fact that it has people who look different in yeah, it. Yeah, because they want to see Running around trying to kill yeah. people, yeah. it terrifies people. Um, in that same vein of not quite horror, but still, um, excuse me, as the bubbly cider <laughs> makes me burpy. Um, not really horror, but horrifying is M. Oh, I uh, have that I on my list too. Complete, completely forgot to mention in, in the well, silent. Okay, first of all, I love Peter Lorre. Here, Lori's amazing. Have you seen Mad Love? Oh, it's he's no. It's really super good. Okay, but it's kind of a remake of Hands of Orloff, which way, I haven't seen which either. I have not seen either. And I also want to see the the what is it? The man who grins. The oh, man, the man who laughs. That's the man who laughs. Movie. Okay. It's uh, Mad it's Love. It's really sad. Okay. Man who laughs is about a guy who gets his face cut. Cut. And, so and then like he looks like the Rickus. Joker. Yeah, he yeah. Like or Mr. Sardonicus. Yes, or Mr. Sardonicus. Which are movies but, that I've never seen that I want girl, to. But he's in love with a girl, but he looks like a monster. And it's beautiful and sad, but mm. I wouldn't call it a horror movie. I hadn't seen it. So it's just, it's, it's yeah, on that it's list of movies good. that I really want to see. Yeah, I yeah. just haven't. Um, have you seen Island of Lost Souls? No, I'm familiar with it. It's, um... um and and very especially haven't seen the the early now isn't there a silent 
version of that story too, or is I don't just know the... if there is a silent island of Doctor Morrow. Okay, but it doesn't. Um, but it's not Island of Lost Souls is great. Doctor Morrow is played by Charles Lawton, oh. and he's speaking so of... good in it. <laughs> Going back to Charles Lawton, the Speaker of the Law is is uh Boris Karloff. Well now I'm just gonna have it's, to watch it. It's not very long and it's super good. It just got a criterion <laughs> release a couple years ago, so there's a really nice restoration available of it. And it's also very much a movie about about female sexuality. Because there's the girl who's the half cat, half uh-huh. human. Yeah. And he but she looks completely human, but she's got the soul of it. Oh, that means she can be sexy, sexy. That means that she's super sexy. Yeah. Okay. Um, Movies that I forgot to bring up in in Silent is, uh, have you ever seen The Phantom Carriage? No. I'm sorry, Mike, the frustration in my voice is because (laughs) I knew someone one day was going to ask me if I'd seen The Phantom Carriage, and and I feel so guilty because I haven't seen it, and I want to see it. You will, because um, even if you don't watch it at work or from work, I've got it too, Um, and and I will happily watch it with you. It's beautiful, and it's, it's inspiring when you see what they did with what they had at that point in time. Yeah. Um, and it's, it is magical and eerie and sad. Yeah. Um, I've heard all of these things about it. Um, oh. we're still in the thirties and <laughs> we're still in the thirties and thirties and forties. There's some actually pretty good black and white horror from the 50s as well. Well, I've still got a little bit um, from the early 30s. I've got 13 Women, which isn't so much a horror, but I love throwing it in as one of the very first slashers. Oh, Um, yeah. uh, And it, uh, again, when we want to talk problematic, it has Myrna Loy playing... As an Asian character. As an Asian character. She also played the daughter of Fu Manchu, if you want to be extra problematic. Yeah, exactly. But it's, and also, um, it's interesting for the fact of being the only movie, and I'm completely going to forget her name, of the woman who threw herself from the Hollywood sign. Peg Entwistle. Entwistle, yes. Um, has, it is her, I think, only, I think it's the only surviving role that yeah. she's ever been in. Um, and interestingly enough, um, uh, a lot of her role was cut out because they had a, um, a, a lesbian storyline of her character oh. that uh, ended up being cut yeah, out. No, 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 no. Can't have that at all. Um, but it, it's, it's a really interesting story and um, it's an interesting take, you know, in a period of time about women's relationships and how they hurt each other. Yeah. And then, um, yeah. So um, uh, let me just make sure. Kind of like the women, except with more murders. Actually, that was the first <laughs> thought I had. I was actually like in the vein of, of like the women, but more I blood. think everything else that I'm coming to is more like 40s and 50s. Have you seen I, the French film Eyes Without a Face? I have. Oh, I love and that movie so much. I I appreciated it. I think it just bothered me in such a way of her just being trapped there. Um, but the one thing that really struck me is how timeless the movie felt. It is. It's very... It, it feels like, it, other than being black and white... It it's could, like a modern film. It's it very does. tightly shot. It's tightly written. And it doesn't feel like anything else from that time frame. Huh. Um, but, yeah. I, you know, I hadn't. I didn't see it for years because I'm like, oh, it's French and... <laughs> but it is a good, solid it horror really movie is. with a scary plot. And, yeah, yeah, and, and that scientist. Yeah, and it, and it seems frightening in, in a way that has nothing to do with uh, anything supernatural. It just seems horrifying and scary. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. Um, one that uh, I thought was. Uh, Oh, well, um, a, a movie that uh, I just saw recently when uh, I did a podcast on witches was City of the Dead. Um, oh, that's where the college student goes yeah. to the town to just to think. Yeah. 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 And it's um, fantastic for uh, the opening of a woman being about to be burned at the stake and being, uh, you know, and going, oh, no, no. And then 
fuck all of you. I curse you straight to hell. Yep. Long live Lord Satan. And then, you know, yeah. makes her appearance then later. And also has um, a little um, appearance at the very beginning by Christopher Lee as her college professor who right. sends her off to the to be fodder at that, yeah. it, at this tiny town. Um, yeah, it's a, it's it's pretty good. For a witchy movie, I like yeah. it. Uh, do, 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 do. Um, one that, uh, again, only barely skirts being horror and actually doesn't skirt it at all. Um, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just going to bring it up because it's a black and white that I love. Um, it's a variant on the Bluebeard, uh, Bluebeard, isn't it? Right. The, the pirate who killed his wives. Well, oh, I don't cor- know if he's a pirate, but yeah, well, he not, killed, not his, wives, he killed his wives. Yeah. Yep. Um, and it's called Corridor of Mirrors. And, I've um, heard of that, but I have not seen it. Uh, see, and the thing is, it's it's very witty and smart, and, uh, and it's kind of hard to find, and and I just, I remember the first time I watched it, I just fell in love with it, and it, I loved the woman playing the main protagonist, uh-huh. and uh, her name's like Ad- Adama or something like that, and when you read up, read write-ups of the movie, they just shit all over her for being, like, the, the least good part oh, of the movie. Oh, terrible. And I'm like, fuck you! She's fantastic! And <laughs> and uh, it's just these, uh, it's almost Rebecca-esque, where, you know, um, which I also... So it, yeah, so it's, it's got a lot of gothic Yeah, it really does. It. Um, and I just... I just love it. It's just it's it's just a little weird, but I I just loved how how cutting and and witty and smart everybody was in it. And, and yeah, I, there's always room for that. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, uh, let's see what else. What have I got? I've got uh, the haunting. Oh, because Jesus. we all know that whatever haunted. walks at Hill House walks alone. Yeah. And. <laughs> <laughs> Just, Honestly, there's not much you can say about that movie because it's so good. Yeah. It's You know, I'm going to have to It's its own to. thing. It is. It's just its own beast and it's timeless and yeah. and I think I'm coming up upon that time of year where I need to show it again just because it's been just long enough. Um I had a lot of fun when I showed that in the Gothic film class because people were there who had never seen it. Oh, and it so was lucky. so I would know. I was so excited for them. I'm like, "Oh, this is a great movie." You're gonna um, like this. Um, speaking of hauntings, um, I really love uh, the uninvited. The uh, uninvited, I'm teaching also in my class. I it's love my uh, that December movie. film, and I and that's another film that has one of those weird kind of lesbian undertones. Oh yeah, lines. where they have like the giant painting and yeah, and, the oh. ghosts of the two women yeah. and the questionable parentage of the little girl. girl. I know. Yeah, I just I just love it. It I, is a great I, movie. I love the two dual love stories of like his sister and the and the doctor and right. and he and the and the daughter and Yeah. Yeah, it's and, really and, good. And it's just really good actors and um and also it's really sad because uh the one who plays the young daughter who is the of, you know, questionable parentage and and the you know the girl that they've tried yeah. to keep out of the house is so luminously beautiful and led a very tragic life and I think died of alcoholism at like something like thirty seven. Oh my god! Um, yeah, yeah. It, but she's just yeah, she's just, just gorgeous, so beautiful and young yeah. and alive in that movie. That's yeah. really depressing. Yeah. <laughs> well, oh, that's Hollywood. Oh, for classic you. Hollywood. That's classic Hollywood. <laughs> um, one that I was uh, I basically showed to the group that comes here on Friday nights um, that I was like the only one that had seen is The Innocence. And it shocked me because it's just so fucking good. Yeah. I, and, and the I taught that uncomfortable, in my class last yeah, month, the uncomfortable sexuality, the scene where the little boy kisses her and it, there like, is a Kate Bush oh. song about that ah! <laughs> and a fan video, which I will send you. All right. That is just, uh, it, it's, yeah, but it's the all sense kinds of, of peril in that movie, and everybody is just fantastic. Yeah, the kids are great. Usually, in a movie like that, the kids are questionable. And Night of the Hunter, for example, the little girl. Yeah, a little bit. Um, but now, Charles Lawton would not direct those children. Oh, he couldn't stand them, and so all of the scenes <laughs> with the children were directed by Robert Mitchum. 
Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Wow. <laughs> um, um, uh, Jim showed me, it, it isn't one that, it, but it, I think it's just an interesting movie is Them. The John Ant movie? Yes. It was well, there's another a... Them about killer children. It could be giant ants or killer children. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I like Them. Them is a good standard 50s drive-in science fiction movie. With little Leonard um, Nimoy. Yep. <laughs> Invasion of the Body Snatchers, the original one. Same way. Good, solid 50s drive-in movie. And it's good. And it, again... The, and it's a movie that plays on your paranoia. It does. Which... It does. And I remember... Um, I remember bringing up... When when we were talking... I was at Crypticon for some panel. Um, I think talking about what really scares people. And I think... I remember revisiting the fear of the 1950s and the fear, the body snatcher sphere uh-huh. as being aligned with the fears that we seem to have now because we're going back to where we're frightened by our neighbors. Oh, and, yeah. And frightened Absolutely. by... They could be... You know, instead of being frightened of supernatural things or, you know, of zombies. Right. It, I mean, More like, like in the, the 80s. Who ter- ter- like, I notice a lot in the 80s, the horror movies, the bad guys are capitalists there are scientists who want to make money off of the experiments and stuff yes. like that yeah and now it's like that guy next door to you that yeah. isn't who he says he yeah. is yeah the guy with the trump bumper sticker <laughs> <laughs> or you know in their eyes you know the uh, sure. the yeah. liberal who's going to steal their guns mm. um i i remember the, my memories of watching uh, the 1950s kind of classics of, say, The Fly and The Incredible mm-hmm. Shrinking Man. Or, you know, things like The Man with the X-Ray. Man with the X-Ray. The eyes. Really yeah. good. I felt I feel like some of the 50s movies, because they were made on such shoestring budgets and the audiences were, it was the first time teenagers were a viable audience. Yeah. They didn't really have to try as hard, so you get a lot of camp in those movies. Yeah. It's unintentional. I'm trying to remember, was it from The Incredible Shrinking Man where he's just screaming at the end, I'm still here, I'm still here. Yes. Like, oh, I remember that That's, really upsetting me. It's a Christian Matheson, a Richard Matheson, Matheson. story. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> and Yeah, that's really terrifying. And it's like, that's the end of The Man with the X-Ray Eyes, too. Mm-hmm. It's him just screaming, I can see everything. Thing. And, um... A point that I meant to make in The Last Man on Earth that I can't remember why I got distracted at that point in time was it's that I could never work at home. I I just couldn't work regularly from home where I wasn't around other people because I don't really want to be that social at work. But if you segregate me completely by myself, like, I get antsy and stressed and I can't fathom a a world where like I was utterly alone yeah um because I think I would careen into crazy town really fucking fast yeah I I need that you know I like being by myself in a crowd sometimes even though even if you know even if you're like know that you're yeah yeah even if it's just a roommate situation yeah Knowing someone else is in the house. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same way. <laughs> oh, let's see here. Oh, um, the bad seed. Oh my goodness. The is, bad seed. She's so fucking terrifying. And I think having known, look what you made me do, people. Um, and seeing a little girl. Yeah, doing she is so good in that movie. Rhoda is fucking so terrifying. Adorable. She's so scary. She's such an adorable little girl. Oh, oh. With her perfect dresses and her perfect pigtails yes. and her perfect everything. And in that same vein, the village of the damned. Um, am I? Oh yeah. Getting, am I getting the name right? Yes, the village, it is of, the village of the damned. Yes. Um, where, and 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 where you see them having that vein of of the bad seed where. They will do terrible things to you. Uh-huh. But the beautiful thing in the Village of the Damned is seeing those moments where they nearly find their humanity and then lose it again. Yep. And that I think 
makes it even more terrifying. Yeah, it does. I feel like my cats are making your face explode. No, my face has been exploding for weeks. It's okay. the uh, allergy season for me. <laughs> my, so my cats are only defrosting on... Well, your cats are not having any effect. It's been okay. like this every night for weeks and weeks and weeks. Okay, well then I feel less terrible. <laughs> I feel more terrible. If it were the cats, then it would go away when I left. Um, a, a true favorite that um, I've only gotten introduced to... Um, very recently was uh, Dead of Night, the anthology movie. I have not seen that, and I want to see it because <gasps> I hear it's great. There's a uh, there's a couple of them. That there's a couple are, of them that are pretty weak. That are but weak. Then there's a ventriloquist one that everyone the says is the scariest one. thing ever. And also, there's one that I don't hear talked about as much. But um, a newly married couple, uh, the wife buys this beautiful antique mirror for her husband for like their wedding. Uh huh. And then. Um, they start seeing not their room through when the they are in the mirror, mirror like they're the yes oh nice and it, it just kind of goes crazier and crazier um and it's just i i really yeah. it was one of those i really enjoyed it and also the it's one of the few times that uh the wraparound on it is really right. strong yeah i've heard that the mm-hmm. uh, yeah the the binding element i yep. can't remember the framing element it's called yep. the framing mm-hmm. element um and uh, just throwing out there from the uninvited, and I know I mentioned it really casually, but I fucking love Rebecca. I am not that big. I don't think it's a horror movie, but I sure love it. Yeah. It doesn't have any ghosts in it or any supernatural. But boy, but boy that does it have a ghost present. in it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <coughs> yeah, it goes along with Laura. Oh, for me, Laura. it being a movie about a ghost when there's not really a, a ghost. ghost. Yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. So I think you have still got more stuff on your list than I do because I've mine of... is all weird little well, stuff. Like there's Night of the Demon, which is Night of the Demon. Oh my god, that didn't that didn't end up on my. I love that movie. Yes, me and, too. And again, I watched it the first time when I was of, like fourteen because I was trying a... to see all the songs mentioned in the Rocky Horror Picture Show <laughs> theme. Ah, that's awesome. Um, that the the final scene where he's trying to divest himself of the room. Uh-huh, and the wind keeps like, blowing it back you, to him. You're and... just, I'm like, you just your chest clenches. It is the most stressful scene to watch. Yeah. It's amazing. And he's running down the train tracks at night, and you're like, is the demon coming? What's happening? Know. That's the, a great... The only regret that I have is, I know with the original shoot, they had not shown the demon. Right. And I wish they hadn't. That's the British cut called Curse of the Demon, where you don't see yeah. the demon. So... I like the demon, but I agree he does, he's not... You can't make, no matter what your budget, you can't make something that's going to look as scary as what people imagine Imagine. for themselves. Yeah. (laughs) But I think the demon's adorable, and I love him. (laughs) I would like a plushie of that demon. Or even like a little, yeah, even a little action figure. (laughs) So I've got Night of the Demon. I've got Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Which is interesting because it is a black and white movie, but it was not made during the black and white era. Era, yeah. And I think that the black and white, that being in it's black like and white makes it where much it scarier. It yeah. Much scarier. Yeah. And I think um, it, it's one of those, I, I mean, I know I've, I've read about it that he potentially couldn't have done the movie as he'd chosen by not doing it black and white because the blood right. would have given them all the wrong colors. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. You, yeah. If you do it in black and white and the blood is any color that reads as black, you've yeah. got it made. Yeah. And I really love that movie. That is the movie that probably scared me more than any movie I've ever seen in my life. Because I was a little kid. Yeah. And I came home from a concert and my parents were all in bed. And we had a fireplace going. And there was still fire embers in it. So I watched Night of the Living Dead. With the occasional pop. And then when I tried to go to sleep, oh, no. I was so scared. I didn't sleep for like four days after you, I thought. Because you're listening. And also, every time the fire would pop, I thought it was the gunshot at the end of the movie and the zombies were coming. Oh my god. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was the most traumatizing film experience of my entire life. So I have a very soft spot for yeah. it. Like, I couldn't watch it again for like 12 years. That's funny. Yeah. Now I'm like, oh, Night of the Living Dead, no big but deal. boy. <laughs> also, it's, we've been overexposed to zombies now, so we have built true. up an immunity. It is true, but um, the the style and and just the clarity of of the simplicity. It was a Jan and Dean concert. 
they played at the fair. Oh my goodness. I just remembered that and I'm like, oh no. <laughs> I had I had a Jan and Dean reference. I Dead did. Man's Curve. Yep. Yep. They played that. <laughs> Another movie that I like that I think is a super well, it's a super strong horror film. And it was made by choice in black and white during a color era. Psycho. Psycho could have been a color film, but he chose not to, and I think it was the best choice. I wish I'd seen Psycho earlier. Before it was all ruined for you? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. There's 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 certain movies that I wish that I had. Right, because Psycho is... They're, they're, they're such a part of pop culture now. I remember the first time I watched Casablanca, and I was so sad that it that there's no way not to know the entire story yeah. before you watch it because it is such a well-told story. Right, and Psycho, they really fake you out during the first 15 yeah. minutes of oh, the movie. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is about a woman running away with some money. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, um, not not in black and white, but I very recently watched uh, Psycho 2. Oh, and yeah. I really enjoyed Robert it. Robert wrote that. It's it As really well as writing good. Psycho, and it's good. It is just, yeah, I was, yeah, I was shocked. Good. It's pretty solid. And, <laughs> yeah. It's kind of on my list to, to work my way through all of them. I've got a, a set. And then also um, uh, a friend of mine who does the um, the Shockwaves and Killer POV uh-huh. did a great documentary uh, called The Psycho Legacy. So it, it, oh, yeah. it, he did a lot of really good interviews awesome. and a lot of talking yeah, to I've, people. Yeah, I'm, I'm aware of that documentary. I'm aware of it. <laughs> uh, let's see. Other than that, I've got a horror movie that I love that's kind of a comedy from the 60s called Bucket of Blood. I've heard the name so many times I've never seen it. Well, it's about a guy who wants to be a sculptor and he's a beatnik. He's a beatnik who wants to be a sculptor. And... He's terrible at sculpting. And every time I make art, I quote this movie because there's this scene where he's got this big lump of clay on the table and he's kind of pushing on it and he's just yelling, please be a face. <laughs> and that line, whenever I make something, I always find myself saying that and it just Jesus cracks Christ, me up. Now I'm going to have to watch this movie. <laughs> it's, very, it's, it's really dumb and it's really fun. Fantastic. And you learn a lot about beatnik culture. It was all about organic food. Which I did not know. And, uh, yeah, it's, I think it might have a cameo by, uh, the lady that went on, that was Vampyra. I think she might be in it, in the beatnik bar scene, but I'm not entirely sure. (laughs) But highly recommend Bucket of Blood. It's a Roger Corman one. It's about the same tone as the original Little Shop of Horrors. So it's that kind of goofy horror yeah. comedy and I haven't seen that in years it's either I haven't seen I haven't seen the musical version it's adorable. or the original with uh Jeff Nicholson and oh we didn't really talk we talked we mentioned M but we didn't really talk much about it uh, I think I think both of us going oh my god we love Peter Laurie I know I have such a crush on you on Peter Laurie <laughs> it's not even funny I have a lot of um I listen to a lot of old time radio. Oh. And he appears on a lot of the horror ones where he's like the mad scientist or something and I oh, love yeah. those. I love those and I love the uh, old time radios with radio shows with Orson Welles. Are there I mean what are the memes out there? I mean is there anything is there a is, what is what exists yes. out there to get those? Yeah. If you want to listen to them, archive.org has a huge collection of old-time radio stuff because you can download for we free. we had a ton of those on tape. We used to have them on records when Aww. I was a kid. We had, like, five of them, and I listened to them again and again, except for Gunsmoke, because I didn't care about Gunsmoke. But, I, liked, um, I liked the show. If you... There's an old-time radio show that is one of my all-time favorites, and it's uh, The Further Adve- the Adventures of Harry Lime. Okay. So it's Orson Welles playing the character from The Third Man, who is a scoundrel. And he gets away with everything because, you know, he'll get his comeuppance in the film The Third Man. So then they were free to write him doing all kinds of terrible things and seducing yes. women left and right. And yeah. it's it's super fun. <laughs> um, I keep so, taking yeah. almost a little too big of a drink of it where I'm like, oh, the <laughs> cider's delicious. And then the drink's too big and I'm like, oh. Yeah, you've got to be gentle with the cider. <laughs> if you're gentle with the cider, the cider will be gentle with you. Yeah, yes. <laughs> 
So, um, I feel like there's stuff I'm forgetting. I There's modern stuff. There's some st- people that have used, like, H.P. Uh, Lovecraft Histor- Historical Society did that black and white version of Call of Cthulhu, which suffers a little bit in the special effects thing. So I haven't watched is, that one, but I've watched the, uh, what is it, a whis- The Whisper in the... Whisper in the Darkness. That's I supposed really to be... I really enjoyed that. I do. It's uh, 1930s style yeah. for that one, and then uh, Call of Cthulhu is like a 1920s style. I'll have to... And it's a really shot. good adaptation. The script is really tight. There's a couple of special effects shots yeah. that aren't perfect, but... What? The whole yeah. thing is done with it, love. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So much love. <laughs> well... So there's those. There's, uh, of course, Young Frankenstein. No, But we're not yeah. really going to get into the whole no, comedy things. No, but... and I kind of, I left anything, you know, that just chose to be black and white, I left off mine, so. Yeah. I like the idea of people choosing to make modern movies in black and white, because I think it does change the storytelling some. It does. It completely changes it. And it gives it a completely different appearance and, and... There's just a different approach that you can use with that. Um, well, that's everything on my list. As as mine. Um, <laughs> the the one that that historic Hollywood that I just fell in love with that only had a handful of episodes. It ended. It's this woman. Her name is uh, Carrie Bible, and it was all done in like 2016, and then sure. it just disappeared. But it's a woman who does the um, the um, the cemetery tours and. The thing that I fell in love with her is... It's just called Historic Hollywood? Yep, yep. And there's only a handful of, of episodes. That's but good. But every single one of them are fantastic. And there's like two other guys that are recording with her. But the one thing that really got me was... Um, well, number one, she just knew her shit. Um, oh, and then nice. Yeah, isn't it? Oh, just somebody who just <laughs> knows what the hell they're talking about. Unlike me, because I, <laughs> I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Um, but the thing that I loved at the very end of it, every single episode, was they said, now go watch these movies. Yeah. Um, and there is that's a, really hitting me. Is It is, because there are a lot of old black and white movies that are, su- that are really good. And good. they don't tend to be that long, so yeah. even if you don't think you're going to like them, you can suffer through them, because they're like 80 minutes. Yep. They're, they're good, tight little movies. They're tight movies. They're good stories. They're not gonna have gore if they're not gonna satisfy your urge for gore if you have an urge for gore. But there's a lot of suspense and a lot of scary ideas. Yes, and then also there's a lot of you know horror comedy. Um, there's a lot of you know broad comedy if that's your bag, um, and then just a lot of suspense. And I mean, yeah. there's there's something for everyone it's out true. there. Um, but. You know, I, I, I guess that I'm just going to say, you know, love these movies, watch these movies. Absolutely. Um, you know, and enjoy your film. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, see you again in two weeks, and uh, and we'll see you then. Thank you. Don't Read the Latin can be found at don'treadthelatin.com, on Twitter at drtlpodcast.com, on Tumblr or at facebook.com slash don't read the Latin. Please rate us on iTunes and tell your friends and fiends about us. We're dying to meet them. <laughs>